Hey friends, welcome to another edition of Coach's Corner. I'm your host, Robert Imbrielli, and I've got someone really special I want to introduce you to today. Someone I met just a few weeks ago, but uh, really captured my attention for what she's doing and how she's transitioned her career uh, into something totally new and exciting. And if you're a coach, you're going to want to hear what we're going to talk about today. Promises, promises, right? We always talk about people being so successful and so amazing, but I tell you, I really have somebody here who is who is all of that and lives up to it. Dr. Angela Mulrooney is with us today, and uh, she was a, a dentist for quite a while, and she had built a practice that was, uh, you know, very different than any other practices from what I understand. And she was doing dentistry when she wanted. She got to work with the patients that she wanted to work with and, you know, didn't work with just anybody and did all the, the nonsense that a lot of dentists have to deal with. And then she sustained an injury and she could no longer drill. So she had a couple of choices. A couple of choices were, well, let's see, do I uh, keep running the practice and watch it drain and go to nothing? Do I close it? or do I find another path? And she chose B, she chose to find another path. And really what's, what's interesting about uh, Dr. Angela here is that she went and created not one, several different businesses or several branches of a business. And she got to the point where she was almost burned out because it was going in too many different directions. So she had an idea, she struck a match and burned all those businesses down, kept what was working and got rid of everything else. And it's really interesting because her career today is much more successful than it's ever been. And how she got there was getting rid of the things that didn't work, which is a great solution, right? We always, we're always building and building and building. All of us are in the creative mode. We're always building and adding and adding. And we get to the point, it's like, it literally is unsustainable. So a lot of lessons just in hearing her bio. Dr. Angela, welcome to today's program. Love to have you here. Thanks for having me, Robert. It's a pleasure. It's it's great to hear uh, your story. It's very inspirational. It's very telling. Uh, you know, um, uh, what I'd love to hear from you in your own words is right up front when you when you got to that point where you had you know you're not in dentistry anymore. Now you've built these other businesses. You've got all these things going on. What was that moment that you decided that I got to burn it all down and start all over again? Well, I had moved to Nicaragua uh, in January of 2021, and a few months into being here, I realized I was sitting in paradise, 100 hours a week, sitting in my office, not actually enjoying paradise. And that, to me, signaled that I had built this beast of successful companies, but I was pulled in so many different directions that I wasn't actually living my life. And so that was the moment where I went, okay, something has to change. If I actually, like the whole point of me moving here was to create change in my life. When I was living in Calgary, I was working hundred hours a week. And so I had perpetuated the same problem even by changing my environment. So something had to change in me, not just the environment, which I thought was the trigger point that would change everything for me. So yes, it was that uh, <laughs> realization that paradise was awaiting me and I was sitting in my office instead. It's very astute. Uh, you know, you look at it because I'm doing this. I'm almost doing the same thing here. I'm here in San Diego, beautiful weather all the time. And, and like I find myself in the studio more often than not. And and yeah, you know, 80 hours a week is not uncommon for me. And it's like, you know what? Maybe I can learn something from you. <laughs> Maybe I need to re reformulate what I'm doing here. Uh, but yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's it's a bold step. I think it really takes a, you know, 
I don't know, it's a bold move to make and say, I'm going to burn everything down. And I think you have the, the moniker here of the arsonist. <laughs> it's like, I really love that. <laughs> because, yeah, you got to burn it down sometimes. you got to take what isn't working, take it off the plate so you can focus on uh, things that are working. What was the translation like for you when you finally decided that enough is enough, getting rid of all this stuff, got to restart? What was that process like? It was a little scary because I had invested so much effort building each of these things. And so I was trying to find someone who could take over each of those brands that I had built so that they could carry that torch and move it forward. It was the same kind of process I went through when I had to sell my dental company, my dental uh, clinic as well was, you know what, I built this thing. I don't want it to just like go into the vapor and disappear forever. I wanted someone else to carry the torch. So trying to find those right leaders to take over the companies was important. Um, but was what was also more important to me was actually making sure that I could get out, take skills that I wanted to use, build my one company instead of having myself spread between the three, take the best skills from each of those and drive that one initiative forward. But it it was hard because, you know, you you really do put in blood, sweat and tears. Um, sometimes you're awake at night going, what have I done? Is this going to work out? You know, and so all that effort of reinvention from after losing my dental career, I didn't want to have that go to waste and just destroy everything. So when I lit a match, lighting a match meant passing the torch, not just abandoning the companies and moving on to other things. But finding the right transition was important and things, you know, you can plan as much as you want. Things may not work out the way that you want, um, but at least there was a plan in place to set myself free from that so that I could step into my full potential. You're right about uh, you know wanting to pass it on rather than burn it all down. I really like that passing the torch analogy because these are our babies. Our businesses are our babies. We build them from the ground up, and you know we've seen the, all the growth and all the history and all the, the stories that we have in there. And it's like it's really hard to just like all right, I'm closing the doors. I'm moving on to something else. It's better to hand it off to uh, you know somebody who can carry the torch and and keep the the vision going at least. So tell me about uh, the transition and, and what one of the three companies that you kept. And uh, let's move into that conversation, because that's where I'm really curious to know more about that and how you how you moved in that direction. So the company that I maintained was Unleashing Influence, but I took it from an agency with 14 full time team members and just made it me and a virtual assistant. So the agency part of it, I sold off and that included with the clients. Um, the team members that were part of it as well. And what that did was freed up my time, freed up my brain to actually get more masterful in what I was good at. And when I was deciding what parts I was keeping, what parts I was letting go of the companies that I built, I wanted to look at, you know, what is what are the skills that I love the best in each of these things? So I had a professional dance company. I love teaching movement. So I was going to be able to bring that into personal branding and teach people how to move on camera. Um, when it came to unleashing dentistry, I had a business coaching background from that. I had knowledge and had a niche knowledge into how to take your passion and really run with it. So I wanted to take that into people's personal brands so that I could help them to find that mastery, find that niche that they needed to dedicate themselves to. And then with Unleashing Influence, that was based on LinkedIn when it came to the actual social media platform for branding. So I kept the knowledge from that and pulled all that in. So what I was able to do was take the best of everything that I had built, but packaged it in a way that made it easier for the, the marketplace to understand and easier for me to dig down deeper into my mastery because I wasn't pulled in so many different directions because these were very disparate 
undertakings. Now it was one big undertaking that I could go deep and wide into my knowledge and make sure that I could bring the best of me forward for my clients. So many of us are like that. I mean, we, we have, and I, I'm certainly like that. I mean, I've got so many talents in so many different directions. It's like, it's right. what am I going to be today? Will I be the video guy today? Will I be the copywriter? Will I be the web developer? Will I be the coach? Will I be the speaker, the author? I mean, it just goes on and on and on. <clears throat> and after a while, you say, well, how can you be successful with 50 different things on the table rather than just bringing it down to one? I bet from all this experience that you're excellent now at coaching people and how to do that, how to make that transition from being, you know, a huge chief chef and bottle washer about everything and bringing it down to the one or two things that matter. Yes, absolutely. And most people, if they have experience in an industry, they have all these different talents that they can bring to the table. And it feels like when you ask them to niche, it feels like you're cutting off their arm, right? Because you're like, oh, but I have this talent. And if I don't use it, then I'm leaving money on the table. I'm leaving talent on the table. And the truth is by trying to showcase all your talents, you're leaving money on the table because people don't get you. They don't believe that you can be a jack of all trades and or a jane of all trades and be excellent at everything, even if you are. So you have to package it in a way that your marketplace understands that you are masterful at this thing. And then you bring in all those talents in the work that you're doing because as you've acquired and developed yourself, your brain has changed. The knowledge that you have is going to affect everything that you do, whether you want it to or not. So even if you had a professional background or a professional degree in something and now you're going in a completely different direction, there's still influence from that into everything that you're doing. So you're never leaving that talent on the table. You're just packaging it in a way so that you are marketable. And that's the difference between the people who get okay with niching and the ones who stay afraid of it is that understanding that you aren't leaving talent on the table at all. Yeah, it's the conversation I've had many, many times with clients because you want them to niche and the first thing they're going to tell you is, oh, no, I can't do that. I don't want to focus on yeah. one thing. And the, the big challenge I see in them oftentimes is they don't want to be typecast, right? It's like you, you know, an actor plays this one character and for the rest of their life, they're that character. And they feel that way in business. They're like, I don't want to be typecast as you know the web guy or the or the audio guy or this guy, you know, whatever it is that they're they're going to uh, to you know move away from. And the truth is, when you're in a niche like that, you know, the thing that they kind of forget is that you don't have to stay in just one. I always tell, I always joke, and I say, you know what? Just make your first million in this niche, and then you can move on and do something else. Right? <laughs> getting them to change their mind about it. And I really, uh, you know, I, I totally agree with you on nothing gets left behind. All the talent, all the skill, all the experience, everything you've learned, uh, you know, moves forward with you. And I, my experience of that was being a commercial photographer right out of college. And I still use those skills today, not just so much in the, the photo video world, but in how I deal with people, right? That really helped me become a good coach because I've dealt with so many people uh, in the past. So you don't lose it. You take it with you. I love your idea, repackaging it. That's brilliant. And, you know, you can take the next step from there. Let's talk about how you got into um, branding and, and your choice of social media network. I'm on all the social media networks right now, and I can't say a lot of them are great, but um, you picked one. And one you're focusing on, you're doing really well with it. Tell us. So when I started, I wasn't just focusing on the one. I was trying to recycle everything from LinkedIn to Facebook and Instagram. And the approach that I use really didn't work well with the other platforms. It didn't work well the way that people thought about how they were using those platforms. It didn't work well with the algorithms. So finally, I have actually burned down the other accounts and they don't exist on the other uh, platforms because it doesn't make sense. All my clients, 100%. 
come through LinkedIn, either directly because of conversations that we had or because of someone seeing what I've done and them referring me a client because of it. So LinkedIn has been extremely powerful for me. And what I advise is, you know, if you are going to put yourself out there, do your research, figure out which platform is most likely to have the people on it that you want is most likely to jive with the kind of content that you're creating because you can spend a lot of time trying to play the different algorithms or you can take one algorithm and try and recycle that content to the other platforms and you're not going to get the wins but you're going to spend time cutting things and rewriting things and posting things that may not actually get you traction so for most people they don't have big teams behind them when they're trying to build their personal brand it's them and maybe a virtual assistant so they need to focus on the things that are going to get them the biggest wins and if you can figure out what that platform is right off the bat and run with that and understand it and go deep with it then you're probably going to have a better chance than trying to spread yourself too thin across all the different platforms and suddenly go nothing is really working and you don't have the time to put into each of the platforms separately yeah and you'll find with each of the platforms you get a little bit of an audience here a little bit of an audience there and it's like i've got pieces of audience all over the place and and the messaging you're right is very different between whatever platform you're on it's different on facebook than it is on linkedin or different on facebook than it is on instagram right so there's a different approach yeah. to it and i like your idea of learning the algorithm become a master of one i mean that's really where the power is right pushing 20 mm -hmm. snowballs up a hill is a lot harder than pushing one right <laughs> to use a canadian analogy uh, you know, so it's, it really is, it is valuable to, uh, you know, to be able to focus on just one of the, the networks. And I think what the question that you asked right up front here was, where are my clients? Where are they? Where do they hang out? Well, if they hang out on LinkedIn, that's where you go. But if they're on TikTok, then that's where you need to go, right? For sure. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about uh, LinkedIn for coaches specifically, since we tend to focus on coaches, entrepreneurs, small business owners, professionals, that kind of thing. But how is it uh, a great platform for that audience or for those those entrepreneurs? Well, most coaches are going after people who can afford their services, which are not usually like $15, $20 an hour. Right. They're pretty high ticket. And you have hopefully a knowledge that you're bringing that is genuine and you have the experience behind you to actually bring that knowledge to the world. So when you go on LinkedIn, LinkedIn is full of smarty pants, right? So if you have things that you are very smart at and you can explain them well, LinkedIn is a great platform. And you can take what you know and you can honestly show it all on LinkedIn, not all at once. Do it in little tiny pieces, do it 30, 60 second videos, and you can give people a really good sense of who you are. There are tons of coaches out there. So a lot of times when people see a coach approach them, it's kind of like, wah, wah. You know, you're like, I don't know if I really want to talk to this person because I know they're going to try and sell me to buy their services. So you want to break through that barrier by having a combination of great content and a combination of great messaging that you're sending out to those one-on-one -on -one connections to the people who influence those connections as well so that you're starting to develop that rapport. When you have those two things playing, when you send a great message that isn't just slapping them over the head with a pitch, but it's actually having a human conversation and then they go okay this person is is kind of nice they're asking great questions they're going to go and check out your profile and if you have great content that is intentional is pointing towards you know what your north star is in this world what you're trying to achieve what is the legacy you're trying to achieve by helping people then those two things are really quite synergistic together 
I've seen people try to just do the content play. I've seen people try to just do the messaging play and you can get some traction with each of those in isolation. But when you have both of them working together and they are on brand, they are consistent, they're congruent with the messaging, that's where you really start to win. Yeah, so what you're really saying is you need you need a game plan going into this because I think a lot of people, the first thing they need to do is figure out, okay, who do I want and, and what's my message going to be? And then from there, then you work on, on that strategy that you're talking about. I really like that um, different. Let's talk about, um, let's get a little bit of clarity because you used some, some key words there, uh, content versus messaging. Can you explain a little bit more mm -hmm. about how the, what the differences are between the two of those? So when I'm talking content, I'm talking about putting out videos, putting out uh, infographics, putting out articles, the things that showcase your knowledge. When I'm talking about messaging, I'm talking about the private messages that you're sending out on LinkedIn. So you're trying to start a conversation. And a lot of people get really turned off with LinkedIn because every time they open their inbox, there's just like pitches everywhere in their inbox that are not customized to what they need. The person hasn't asked a single thing about them. And they're like, I had someone recently write me, they're like, you must need a UX designer and gave me this huge spiel. And I'm like, why would you say I must need a UX designer, right? Exactly. It made no sense yep. as to why they they would actually write that. So I'm like, I always get curious. And so I, I engage with them because I want to see if I can actually help them to fix these things. But for most people, that's a no-go right from there. You're going to delete, you're going to block, or you're just going to move on from that message to the next one. You did so the you right thing, though. Be... I mean, I'll tell you that there's opportunity in those because if you, you with your skill set, my skill set, right, we can always help a lot of these people. I was talking about this in a mastermind last week. It's like there is opportunity in all those pitches if you'll take the time to go through them and open up the, the conversation because sometimes they don't know they're making the mistake, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. But the messaging, like when you actually approach it like a human conversation, that's where you really start to win. And so... Think about how you would, if you went up and met someone or someone introduced you, how would you talk to them? You wouldn't be like, I'm a personal branding expert. Your personal brand sucks. You should come to me, right? They Not would quite. walk away and be like, who do you think she is, right? You'd, you'd ask them, how is everything going? Whatever version of that is for you. And then they'll probably respond. Sometimes, honestly, a question like that will have paragraphs get written back to you because they need someone to talk to you. They'll open up about what's going on in the personal Especially life. Especially in today's about... world, right? <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Like during the lack of connection with COVID, yeah. oh my gosh, I heard so many life stories from my simple question of how's everything going in your world? So start with something like that, that opener that you naturally would ask. And then as you have the banter going back and forth, it often doesn't take that many messages back and forth. You might be writing three or four. And then it's like, okay, this person seems like they're appropriate, they're open-minded, they have a problem that I can help them solve because I've asked the appropriate questions to start pulling that out, then I offer to get on the call with them. I'm starting to see, um, especially with multi-level marketing companies, a lot of these, hey, we should, we should get on a chat in the first message. And I'm like, why? Too fast. What, yeah, we, we don't even know if we have anything in common that we should be talking about. Right let alone doing business. So why would I be jumping on a call when time is our most precious asset in the world? Like, I'm not going to give you my time unless I know that it's going to be valuable. It might be because I think you're interesting and I just want to talk to you, or it might be because you have something that I need, or I have something that you need. So you want to really be qualifying those people and making sure that you're taking them down the funnel and shaking out the people who are not appropriate 
And as you get into the more appropriate ones, shake them a little bit more and see if you can actually help them or they can help you depending on what you're actually needing with your LinkedIn profile. What a concept. Be social. That's the magic to social media. Right? What a concept. Who'd have thunk? <laughs> we get so many of these automated messages and they come in, they're just like, oh no, not another one, right? And it's like, I have thousands of messages in LinkedIn I never looked at and probably never will. But I'm now starting to play a different game now. I'm starting, you know what? Maybe there's opportunity in that because back in the 90s and the 2000s, I always looked at my inbox and said, there's always opportunity in here. If I dare take the time to go through all these pitches and all these things, there's opportunity. And, you know, and certainly I got a lot of business from that. I'm doing that on LinkedIn now. I'm getting new people to interview on the podcast. I'm getting new customers, new clients, you know, uh, so it does work, but it's time consuming. I know a lot of people, what they want is, well, can I set up a bot? And can I just, and, and I keep saying, no, you can't. I mean, you can, but the odds of it working the way it really should work for you probably slim to nil, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I actually, I don't disagree with using bots for getting those first connections going, but you want to set up your messaging so that it doesn't feel pitchy. So again, set up that first connection request with the way that you would talk about things. And a lot of times, you know, if you're sending a message with that first connection request, most people are not going to see it. So it's the next message that comes after that is the kicker of whether they're going to stay connected with you, right. continue a conversation or exit. Yeah, we're seeing that now when you when you when you send the initial uh, connection message, I, I noticed that they're doing something new. They're actually putting it in your inbox and marking it as unread after you accept the connection. So mm -hmm. more chance of seeing it. But I agree with you. You're probably not seeing it maybe as often as you you would otherwise. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, maybe I stand corrected on the bots. Maybe there is a, there is a use for them. Because uh, how many of these messages can you do one-on-one -on -one without a little help, right? But then you don't continue with the bot from there. You take it over and then it's personalized, right? If you're just doing it. Yeah. Good. Good. When it comes to content, let's talk about content a little bit because that's a, that's an interesting one. Um, podcasts are an interesting game. I know uh, you know we we do podcasts. We're we're delivering content here, and I see the podcasts that really go crazy are the ones that deliver you know current events, news, that kind of thing. Content not so much because sometimes you're sitting in the car. I don't want to learn anything. I just want to know what's going on in the world, right? So how do you deal with with content on LinkedIn? Is it different maybe than what you would do in a podcast? Is it different than what you do on a YouTube video? Well, content on LinkedIn, what I find works the best is when you're sharing your knowledge. Because people on there are there to advance their careers. They're there to learn from other people. They're not there for fluff. So you want to make sure that you're not delivering on fluff. And you have three seconds to grab someone's attention. So we used to do it where we would have this like cool little animated intro. And we found when we got rid of that and went back to really quick grassroots. So my videos are not edited with like lower thirds or any fancy animations in them. It's just get to the point. But that's part of my archetype too is rebel. Rebels are very like, you know, we get to the point, we're not worried about all this fanciness that has to happen around it. We just want to deliver the information. So it also depends on what is your approach in life. But with the content that you're putting out there, you want to deliver value. But you also want to be intentional with it. What happens is a lot of people here, you just need to start. And so they start just throwing stuff out there. And when you look at one video to the next, to the next, to the next, there really isn't a through line. There isn't a through line in who you are, how you speak, how you think about things, how the content interplays between the different 
pieces that you've put out there. And that's where you get confusing to the market. So you can be putting a ton of really great stuff out there, but if you're not intentional with how it gets laid out and the sequence of how you're dragging people into understanding what you do and how you can help them, that's where you're going to lose. But you also need to be intentional with how you create the content. You know, a lot of people are just like, well, I'm just going to throw on the camera and I'm going to riff. And that's fun to an extent, but that starts to turn to spaghetti against the wall. So instead, you want to think about, you know, what kind of questions you need to ask that get people going, oh, that's interesting. I should watch this. You want to think about, you know, how do you weave story in there so that you start to get that little in your audience's stomach that makes them go, I have a problem. I need to do something about this. How are you going to invite them to engage with you? So we used to jump to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Let's hop on a call and try and get people onto a discovery call from piece of content one. Now what we do is drive people to a group. We nurture them through extra content through the group. We have messaging that follows up with them as well to drive them to a call. So they get the chance to actually get to know you before they actually are requested to get on a call. Because one great piece of content doesn't warrant them giving, your giving you their time with a phone call. But if they see a bunch of great content and it's coming at them and it's hitting those right points, it's hitting those buttons that make them go, yeah, I kind of need to do something about that. Then you're more likely to have a call where someone actually wants what you have to offer and you're more likely to close them into your services as well. So start the video with a question is what I'm, what I'm hearing. Because when they, yes. when they can answer yes to that question, then obviously they're going or they can say, yeah, I need to know the answer to that. I'm going to keep watching this video. Correct. That's a good way of doing it. Yeah, and I agree with you with the animation up front. So many videos start with these very fancy graphics and animations, and it's like, okay, I, I need to get in. Give me content. Like, I need to know what this is about. You know, you're going to use my yes. time up. Uh, let's get started here. Let's get rolling. Yeah. So uh, the videos you do, you do them with your, your, just you do with your phone. You don't go, you're not in a studio. You do them on your computer. You don't know editing, just quick and dirty. That's all re you really need. That's why I teach people this, you know, this is a fancy setup. You don't need this. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so honestly, most people, like if they have any sort of modern cell phone, it has a decent camera on yeah. it. Get yourself a little microphone. Um, I find the lapel mic versus a bullet mic. Bullet mics can cost you like three, four hundred dollars. These are like a hundred bucks. Pretty inexpensive. You can take them anywhere in the world. You get yourself a lovely ring light. So this is what's sitting in front of me. That helps to make it just brighter and more clear. That's really all that you need to actually do with content. And when I do my content, I have a brick background that's behind me. I'm unfortunately sitting in a co-working space right now for this interview. So it's boring behind me, but that's okay. Um, if we're green, I could strip it out and put something else there for you. But, <laughs> but the thing is, you want to create that ambiance mm -hmm. as well that fits into your brand, um, which I'm failing to do right now. But that is what it is. We're doing quick and dirty with this podcast. So um that's where we're at. But the content, you know, the biggest thing you need to do is deliver quality. Don't waste their time. Don't try and drag it out to five minutes. Nobody cares. Give them something that is going to ask them a question, give them something to think about, give them some tools, give them the opportunity to engage with you and let them walk away with that. They're going to remember that more than five minutes of content right. where they were like, that was interesting, but there were so many things covered. I don't even remember anything. Give them one thing to think about. That's your mic drop and walk away. Yep. I used to do it. I used to take my cell phone out, go for a walk by the beach and uh, put on a lapel mic. And then just, you know, I have a handle on my phone. I would just make, make two minute videos. I call them two minute coaching. 
and I put those up, and those would get the most engagement out of everything, even more so than this long form video. Yes. Very simple, and and you know people don't realize it's like it doesn't have to be complicated, uh, but the messaging has to be right, and I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. It's like okay, I can do the video stuff, I I get the technology, I get the idea, it's not hard to do. I go outside, I shoot, I shoot a video. Anyone can do that. But then what do I say? And that's that's I think where they get lost. And what I really love about what you're doing, you're bringing you're bringing structure to it, right? You're saying this video has to be connected. There has to be a common thread between all the videos. We're we're leading you all somewhere. Right. In your case, I love the idea of leading into the group. We're going to talk about that in just a bit as well. But I really love the, the framework of that. And I know a lot of people get stuck right at the first step. It's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know who I'm reaching. And it's like, if you can't answer that question, the rest of this conversation means nothing to you. Right. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, the call to action. With the, what you said, uh, tell them what to do next. Right. It's a call to action. What do we do? And you're saying you're bringing them to a LinkedIn group. That's really fascinating. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, so you can you can take them to whatever you want, right? Some people will want to get on the phone call. Some people want people to sign up for a quiz. Some people want um, people to sign up for a PDF or um, a book that they're going to download. But what I find is with the group, you have the ability, the people who self-select to be in the group are more likely your ideal clients. And you're telling them why you're inviting them to the group. You're not just like, oh, I have this group, come join it. It's like, I have this group, I think you'd enjoy it because of, da, 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 because of what you do. Great. If they self-select and like, sure, yeah, I want to learn more about personal branding. I want to learn how to pivot and be able to get out of my day job and corporate and be able to make more money doing my passion, then they're more likely to get into my group. So then I've already narrowed my audience down to people who are more interested in what I'm putting out there. Then after they've watched some of the content, I start to invite them into a conversation because I want to know the people in my group. I want to know what they're trying to do to change the world with what they know. And if they want to get on a phone call, they are more likely to be wanting to change the world with what they know. So they are more likely wanting to develop out their personal brand. So then if they show up for the call, which I have like maybe one out of 20 in a week, not show up for a call. If they haven't shown up for a call and they haven't sent me a message, they're out. But the ones who show up, it may be that they are thinking about a pivot or they're thinking about developing their personal brand. And so I'm planting seeds. Totally worth my time to plant seeds because I've had people come back to me a year or two years later and say, hey, I'm ready to do what, what we've been, we talked about that long ago. I've been watching your content and now I feel like I'm actually ready. I'm totally good with that. But then there's also people who are, they are ready. They're like, I need to do this yesterday if I want to get to where I want to go and be able to live out this dream that I have for the next five or 10 years for as much, um, with as much gusto as I possibly can. So those are going to be the people who are like ready to jump into the next mastermind. And then I've got people who are like, you know what? I can't fit that in right now. I've got too much on my plate, which I will not argue with. If you don't have the time to dedicate into making this work, then you need to wait until the next mastermind or maybe a couple masterminds down. So we I'm developing out a pipeline of those people that I've narrowed down from my massive audience to people who are curious about their personal brand and what they can actually do to pivot to use that. And then I've got people who are, you know, they're ready to have a conversation and learn more about it. And then I've got people who are ready to jump into the program. So there's a bit of nurturing happening all along the way, but by being in the group, they're getting exposed to content at a faster pace than what I put out on my public LinkedIn profile. So they get, 
it's kind of first come, they get to, they get first glimpse at the newest content that is coming out. So they're consuming information at a higher rate than they would if they were just part of my regular audience. I love it. I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely uh, the right idea, the right approach. And, you know, you talk about nurturing and it's one of the things I think a lot of us don't do enough of. Uh, you know, I had I had that experience too way back when I was doing a lot of internet marketing for people, helping them with to get their business going. And one client literally took 20 years of nurturing before he turned into a customer paying customer. You just don't know. You don't know what their timing is. It's like, because we want to sign them up right away doesn't mean they're ready. But, you know, they're going to pay attention to the message. They're going to follow you. They're going to be on your email list they're going to whatever and then there's that moment that it's going to click and you say well how do i build a successful business that's how it's the nurturing along mm -hmm. the way it's not that you're going to sign them all up first time and it's kind of the mistake a lot of people uh, will make they'll think like well I, I did all this i've got all these people in my group but no one became a customer i said no one became a customer yet but give it time keep working it Put more content there. Let them know who you are. Let them let them hear a few personal stories so they can get to know you a little bit better. That works. It's it's brilliant how it works. Yes. Well, it's like when we were trying to become professionals. We didn't day one have our degree and our expertise. Right. We had to spend the time in school actually learning that. And I think we are so used to instant gratification now even if we are not the little millennials who get blamed for instant gratification we all want instant gratification but we forget that it took us time to grow that expertise and to be able to get that credibility so it's going to do be the same thing as you're growing your business you're not going to knock it out of the park on day one you're going to have to be planting those seeds you're going to have to be nurturing them and helping people to understand what you're doing and how you can help them and as you do that, you develop a deeper understanding of your expertise, especially if you niche into it. So Angela, let's talk a little bit about the group and how people get into your LinkedIn group to learn more about what you do and learn how they can, uh, you know, really get a little bit laser focused on their brand so that when they're creating content and creating messaging that, you know, there's a theme to it. There's a thread that goes through it all. So I have the community is called the Unleashing Influence Community. And you'll put up the group because it's quite a long link with lots of numbers in it. But uh, you can request to join it. And if you're appropriate, then I will let you in. Um, and you'll be able to access the previous recordings. You'll be seeing the stuff that's coming up. And uh, we'll also get an invitation to a phone call with me to get 30 minutes to pick my brain about whatever you want, um, whether it's going through your content or looking at your pivot, whatever you need help with, I'm happy to open my brain to you and let you dig in. And that link is a short link. And uh, like Angela said, there's, it's a long link to, to actually get into the LinkedIn group because LinkedIn links are not short. They're, they're not known to be short. There's a lot in there. So you can use link2.media slash Angela. Link2.media slash Angela. It'll take you right to the group. And uh, they have to apply to get in, right? They, they don't just get approved right away. Yes. They okay. just have to request. And then we take a look to see if they're the right kind of person for the group. And if you are, then you get to join us. That is awesome. That is amazing. And then, and then from there, they'll get access to the latest and greatest of your content and get to know a lot more about what you're doing and how you can help them and help them. Uh, you know, this idea of getting focus is everything. And I, I just I tell you how many coaches yeah. I run into that just can't do it. They can't focus. They're they're all over the place. And I blame a little bit of that on our training because I was trained by the big guy, Tony Robbins, uh, way back when. And basically the training basically says you can coach anyone for any reason at any time. 
And that really throws a monkey wrench in trying to build a successful coaching business after. And that's what I did when I became a coach with his organization. I spent two years coaching people, uh, sometimes 10, 12 people a day, six, seven days a week. I coached 2,000 people in two years. And it was on every possible scenario you could imagine, from drugs to weddings to, you know, it's like entrepreneurship. Whatever the topic was, it didn't matter because, like, we had the skill to be able to deal with all of that. The training was phenomenal. But you can't build a business around that. You know, it's like, I can't be your one-stop coach. You come to me for everything. Tony could do that. And he did that. I mean, that's what he got away with. But, you know, for the rest of us, we need to be a little bit more focused. And I, I really love your ability to be able to help people get that focus. And, uh, you know, is that some of the content you talk about in your group is getting that focus and how to do it and how not to be fearful about it? And yeah. Yes, there's mind stuff, mindset stuff in there. There's, you know, getting over the fear of pivoting, how to decide what you're pivoting into, how to create content. There's lots of little tidbits in there. So each little video is, you know, 30 to 90 seconds long. So it's not gonna take a lot out of your day, but it's gonna give you something to think about to execute on so that you can move your personal brand forward. Fantastic. Link2.media slash Angela. Angela, thank you so much for being here. This was just a pleasure. I really enjoyed this conversation. I know people are going to get a lot of value out of it. And if you're thinking about it, go on LinkedIn, get signed up and, and see if you get approved to get an Angela's group. She only takes the best of the best, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you so much for being part of the show today. I really appreciate it. We'll do this again soon, I promise. Yes, 